Messiah is dead. But I want to know, do you also see the Lord? Do you see the providential hand of God that even in the midst of the trial, God's going to bring out triumph? listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr., Senior Pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad you're with us today as we continue to look at 2 Chronicles 20. And what do you do when your back is up against the wall? And Pastor, as we were talking about in our previous broadcast, uh, sometimes our Uzziah has to die. That idol has to be removed. Um, and, and even a problem can become an idol because it gets our eyes off of God and, and we fixate on whatever that issue or that problem is. Um, how do we begin to see God in the midst of that and tear down an idol? What's it look like to tear down an idol? Uh, well, I, I think you begin to reprioritize uh, your time, your talent, your treasures, you see, because uh, here's what Jesus said. He said, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Now, if I would have written that, I would have switched it. Yeah. I would have said, uh, where your heart is, there your treasure is. But that's not what Jesus said. Right. He said, show me where you put your money, and I'll tell you who's your master. And, and so we need to tear down an idol. Uh, if If I spend three and a half hours watching a football game, but I never study the Word of God. And now it is more people are on Facebook than they're in his book. And that really bothers me. You could spend three or four hours on Facebook, but you can't spend any time in the world. Facebook has become an idol. Yeah. So what do you do? You just reverse it. Now what I'm going to do is, I'm not saying don't go on Facebook. I'm not saying don't uh, enjoy a football game or a basketball game. I'm saying then, but you have to look at where your priorities are and make sure because one day we'll be held accountable uh, for our time, our talent, our treasure, you know, our talk, our thoughts, and the truth. And so we have to make sure uh, that we don't have anything before him because a lot is out of place because Jesus is not in first place. So if I hear you correctly, if you don't like where your attention is focused, you begin through maybe an act of discipline to put your attention where you want it to be, and eventually your heart will follow. That's right. Well, I say it all the time. You sow a thought, you reap a deed. You sow a deed, you reap a habit. You sow a habit, you reap a lifestyle. You sow a lifestyle, you reap an eternity. It all starts with a thought. Well, let's uh, open our Bibles to the book of Second Chronicles chapter 20 and spend some time thinking about what you do when your back is up against the wall. Here is Pastor Ford. He says, are you not? Are you not? And I went down and I looked at each one of those are nots and uh, notice what he says. Uh, are you not the God in heaven and rule over all the kingdoms and the nations? Are you not the one that? So he says, you're sovereign. Uh, you have strength. Uh, you're able uh, to, 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 to strike down everybody. Now I want to see you do it. Man, that's prayer at his best. You know what's wrong with us? Let me tell you what's wrong with us so I can move on. You know what I think is wrong with us as Christians? You know, we always mealy mouth in God, and we're so afraid of the prosperity gospel that we don't think God prospers people. We really don't. And I always tell you, prosperity gospel is not incorrect, it's just incomplete. That's all it is. And so it's like God wants us to ask for more than the crumbs. Lord, 
just give me the crumbs from your table. Lord, just give me the t crumbs from your... That's why we got so many crummy Christians. Yeah, no, no, no. No, we can't go to God with a ghetto mentality. So he expects God to answer. And, and so what does he do? I, I heard something that really illustrates this, then I'm going to move on. Uh, I heard about a woman. Uh, she had gone to England. They, they weren't rich, but they, they had some funds. And so she saw this diamond that she wanted. And she uh, telegraphed her husband. It was the day before phones and all that. And she telegraphed her husband, saw the diamond I want. Can I buy it? 40,000 pounds. And if you wonder what a pound is in Britain, just double it. You know, that's, that's what it is in American money usually. And so he says, he sends her a telegram. No, comma, price too high. She gets the telegram, she comes home, she's got the diamond, see? He said, I told you no, comma, price too high. She said, oh, he must have made a mistake. Here's the telegram, and he had left out the comma. It said, no price too high. I have a question. Have you taken the comma out of your prayer? Is the sky the limit? Is it now unto him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to his mighty working power? In us? Is there anybody that believes God, that trusts God, that knows that God will make a way? Hey, I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something real quick. I should be moving on. But I said I got to tell you because it just happened last week. You know, you know what I've been praying about while I've been on uh, the radio uh, because I want to do an inspirational moment. I said that about eight years ago. I want to be on a hip-hop Station, I want to do inspirational moments to a hip-hop generation. I don't want it to be church folk. I want it to be unsaved folk. Guess what? I am about to go on a hip-hop station with inspirational moments. Eight years, but I believe God. And now, you hear me, Pastor? Pastor Strada? It's happening. Amen. I said, look at God. All I had to do was wait and keep on. As he opened the doors, I walked in, but I believed him. I prayed with expectation. I know you're going to do this. Amen. And he is too. And he, see, I don't know what's wrong with us as Baptists because, you know, uh, 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 God has given us some carte blanche verses and, and we as Baptists, we don't like them. We don't like them. We don't, we don't even quote them. John uh, chapter 14, 13 and 14. And whatsoever you ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. John 16, 23 and 24, and in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive 
receive that your joy may be full. First John three twenty two. And whatsoever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasant to him. First John five fourteen and 15. Now this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know we have the petitions that we desired of him. Ah, see, we Baptists are afraid of those verses, you know. Uh, we talk about the Hebrew and we explain the Greek, but we won't do it in English. And so now unto him who's able to do exceedingly abundant. Look at this. Look at verse 7. Look at verse 9. Look at verse 12. In verse 7, he says, God, I expect you to be a friend. Verse 9, he says, God, I expect you to give favor. Verse 12, he says, God, I expect you to do fighting. See what he says? He says, listen, I have expectations for God to do something. That's called faith. What is faith? Come on, help me. You, I know you're tired of it, but help me. What's my favorite definition of faith? Come on. Faith is believing. It is so, even when it's not so, until it becomes so, because God said so. We believe you, Lord, so you pray his word. Notice verse 7. You know what that is? God with us. You know what verse 9 is? God to us. You know what verse 12 is? God for us. In his prayer, he says, I know that God is with us, that God gives to us, and God is for us. Hmm. So notice, secondly, not only does he expect the protection of God, he exposes the providential rule of God. He says, God, you are the one who's large and in charge. Big baller, shot caller, number one stunner. It's you. You cannot be resisted. So he's letting him, listen, God cannot be resisted. Okay, help me out. Help me out. Uh, what I want you to do is just finish it. it uh, finish the statement. Day versus good versus God versus no. God versus nobody. <laughs> no, because nobody can oppose God. Uh, the devil is not just the devil. The devil is God's devil. He got a restraining order on the devil. He has him under house arrest. He's got a bracelet around his ankle. He can only do what God allows him to do. Job 1 and Job 2, he can't do nothing unless God says, okay, you can do it. You read Job 1, Job 2, what does it say? And Satan was going around and God said, where have you been? He said, walking to and fro on the earth. And then God said, have you considered my servant Job? I like that. I'm going to steal the title whenever I preach that because the preacher who had a title your name came up. I'm, I'm going to take that title. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Your name came up. Do you realize that there are times when what you're going through is not about you, that it's about the glory of God, that God wants to show uh, the devil that he got some people uh, that will serve him and love him even if you don't make them rich, that will serve him and love him even if they don't get healed, that will serve him and love him even if the marriage is not put back together, will serve him and love him even if all they're tore up from the floor up, you need a checkup from the neck up. He says, I want Satan to know, I got some people who love me for who I am. And that's what he's doing. And so what, what, what does he do? Uh, remember this riddle? Remember this riddle? Let's see if you remember it. What's bigger than God, meaner than the devil, people do it every day, and if they keep doing it, they're going to go straight to hell. What's the answer? 
Nothing. What's bigger than God? Nothing. What's meaner than the devil? Nothing. What do people do every day if they keep doing it going straight to hell? Nothing. Hmm. What's he saying? You help me. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. Have you found out yet that God is bigger than who or what is bigger than you? Jehoshaphat says, no one can withstand you. No one on heaven, no one in earth. When you pray, do you believe in the providential rule of God? Do you believe thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Do you believe that he's the absolute Lord of everything? He's like I am in my house. I run everything. Dishwasher, washing machine, vacuum cleaner, errands, and all the honeydews. And she just looks and smiles. She just, looks and she just keeps smiling at me because I know that smile means, oh, I'm going to get you when we go home. <laughs> You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford. A message called, When Your Back is Up Against the Wall. And we'll get back to this message in just a moment. You know, maybe there's something you've heard on the program that's raised a question in your mind. Or maybe in your own personal Bible study, you've come across a passage of Scripture that you've not really understood, or you've struggled to know how to apply that to your own life. Well, you can always ask your question to Pastor Ford by coming to our website. It's treasuredtruthradio.org. Click on the contact link and ask your question there. Who knows, we might answer it in a future broadcast. Again, come to treasuredtruthradio.org and click on the contact link. Back to the message. Here's Pastor Ford. True story. Pastor Freddie Haynes tells this story. He's the pastor of a small, struggling church in Dallas, Texas. They only have 20,000 members. Paltry. He told a story of a young woman named Eloise. Eloise went to a prestigious college to be a lawyer in her pre-law. She was going to have to drop out because she didn't have enough money to continue pre-law or to go to law school. Show you how God worked. She prayed, Lord, I'm going to need you to help me. She's on her way back from a student party, and two racist young men who were from wealthy families decided to have some fun with her, ran her off of the road, her car overturned, she's in the hospital, and they're wondering if she's ever going to walk again. On her hospital bed, she says, Lord, I asked you to do something for me, and you wrecked me. How's that an answer to prayer? Someone had saw them run her off the road and got the license plate and turned it in. These two young men were arrested. Their grandfather, who was very rich, came to her, this is a true story, came to her hospital room and uh, told her he's going to pay for all of her medical bills and she's going to have the best rehab and the best doctors in the country. And she did. And she began to walk again. He then told her, I'm going to finish paying for your pre-law and I'm paying your way all the way through till you get your JD. He paid for everything. His two grandsons uh, were incarcerated for 10 years. And so here she is now. She graduates from law school and she's a, a partner in a prestigious law firm. 
These two boys get out of prison, these men now, get out of prison 10 years later, they still have to do community service and they have to do it at that law firm and guess who they report to for all of their community service? Eloise. See, you think it's a calamity. Uzziah is dead, but I want to know, do you also see the Lord? Do you see the providential hand of God that even in the midst of the trial, God's going to bring out triumph, that even in the midst of your suffering and your sorrow and your sickness, God is going to bring significance out of it, that God can take a mess and turn it into a message that what seems like everything is falling apart, everything really is falling in place, that God may not do it the way we want him to do it, but God will do it. And if we'll be content to let God be God and say, if I got to go through this to get to it, then I'll go through it to get to it. Yes, yes. Yeah, he expects the protection of God. He exposes the providential rule of God. Uh, then I want you to notice, I want you to notice uh, that what he does is he then begins to talk about the partnership of God. He expresses the partnership of God. Say, what do you mean by that, Pastor Ford? Notice how many times he says, are you not our God? Are you not our Father? Are you not Israel's God? See, what I think is the biggest problem with many of us as Christians is that we don't know who we are and we don't know what we have. Yeah, he's praying a prayer because he knows what we have. He knows who we, we have a relationship with you. We're family. The New Testament says this way, we're accepted in the beloved. See, let me see if I can get you to understand it. God accepts me. What's that called? Grace. Uh, I accept God's acceptance of me. What that's called? Faith. I accept me, myself. What's that called? Peace. I accept you. What's that called? Love. You accept me. What's that called? Fellowship. We accept the sinner. What, what's that called? Evangelism. Let me say it again. Let me say it. Some of you missed it. I said, when God accepts me, that's called grace. Uh, when I accept God's acceptance of me, that's called faith. When I accept me, that's called peace. When I accept you, that's called love. When you accept me, that's called fellowship. And when we accept the sinner, that's called evangelism. Uh, let me see if I can bottom line it. Uh, because uh, Katrina, uh, my, my uh, daughter in the faith, Katrina Conley, uh, I married her. And sometimes, you know, you don't remember uh, so right after I married her, I think she's been married something now, like 15 years now, something like that. But anyway, I said, uh, yeah, uh, Katrina Turner, come here, girl, I want to talk to you. And she turned around and looked at me and shook her finger like that, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. And she turned to walk away. I said, where you going? You better come back here. She said, you didn't identify me properly. I said, oh, Katrina Conley. Yeah, all right, now, now. You see what she said? Don't identify me by who used to be over me. Identify me by my new head. You see, whenever I married him, I dropped Turner. I adopted Conley. So now identify me. See, see, here, here's what I'm saying. That, do you know who you are? 
See, you used to belong to the devil, John 6, but the Bible says that whenever you accepted Jesus Christ, you were brought into the family of God. You were on your way to hell, now you're on your way to heaven. You were called a sinner, now you're called a saint. You were written in the book of creation and you were gonna bust hell wide open as my mother says, but now you are going to heaven and your name is in the Lamb's book of life. Ah. Here's, here's, what, here's what Paul said, Ephesians 3.1. He says, I therefore, Paul, the prisoner of the Lord. He's in Caesar's jail. What are you doing, Paul? I don't identify with my situation. Identify with my revelation. What, what are you saying? Paul says, I'm saying my eternal position is never thrown off by my temporary condition, which gives me a victorious disposition. That's it that we have to understand that, know who we belong to in order to know who and what we have. Okay, let me see if I can make it plain. Quit defining yourself by what happens to you. Can't you say, I'm healed? Instead of identifying what you had. I'm a this survivor, I'm that survivor. Okay, I, know, I understand it, I understand what you're saying. But did God heal you or not? Then move on. He says then, verse 8, exalt the person of God. Do it for your glory. Do it for your glory. Let me show you what I saw here. Now, now look what I noticed. How many know what's called the Lord's Prayer that's actually the disciples' prayer? How many know that prayer? Okay, watch this. If you have your copy of the Scriptures in 2 Chronicles, walk through this with me. Let me show you something. Verse 6. You know what verse 6 is? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is. That's verse 6. Look at verse 8. You know what verse 8 is? Give us this day our daily bread. And, and you know what verse 9a is? And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Do you know what verse 9b is? For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. What is he saying? He's saying, man, look, look, look. When you got the right person on your side, why are you sweating? What don't you understand? that this person is the person of power, that this person is the person of provision, that this person is the person of purpose, that God has all of those things. And you can know that person. That's the message we get to share here on Treasured Truth. Our message today is called When Your Back Is Up Against the Wall. It's from Second Chronicles chapter 20. And if you want to go back and listen to any part of this message again, because maybe you joined us late, well, you can always listen online. Come to the website. It's treasuredtruthradio.org. You know, Pastor, I know that probably almost on a daily basis, we have people who are finding this radio program. They are beginning to listen. They appreciate the Bible teaching. They may not really understand how this program is produced and how we're able to get it on the air each and every day. Right, because it is a listener-supported program. They may not know that. I received a letter from someone who was just uh, trolling through their radio yeah. and hit Moody Radio, and my voice attracted them. And they said they listened. This has been a couple years ago. And they've been listening for a few years. Well, they had sent in a donation. They let me know. I sent yeah. in a donation to the program, something I've never done before. 
And I thought, wow, that's really amazing. Yeah. And even when I was working with Cher, had a couple people call in and say, I've never given before, uh, but I'm being ministered to, and I'm so grateful now to be a part of the Moody ministry. Well, if you're a new listener, maybe you've just been listening for uh, a couple of years now, and it's just never dawned on you that this is a listener-supported ministry, that is how this program is able to stay on the air each and every day. Production costs, airtime, all the things that happen behind the scenes, it's all made possible because of your generosity. You can give a gift right now by coming to treasuretruthradio.org and clicking on the Donate button. Well, thanks for listening. Treasure Truth is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.